You're not aware, you're asleep. Hey, it's Lucas Grobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Grobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Episode 296. It is August 25th, 2022, and the truth of the matter is, if you are staying up to date, in tune, watching that 24-hour news cycle and the infinite scroll of Twitter and Instagram and whatever other social media platform, non-social media platform, but a conforming platform that you might adhere to, there is a lie that is being perpetrated, that, that we ourselves are perpetrating to ourselves, telling, we tell ourselves a story that, oh, I need to, I need to stay up to date. I need to scroll through the news feed every day because I need to stay aware. I need to know what's going on in the world. And yes, that's true. But do we really, do we really need to know what's going on in the world so much, as much as we do? Or are we really asleep? Are we lying to ourselves? Is the media lying to us, social media lying to us, saying that you need to stay aware, you need to stay in touch and in tune with the things that are happening around the world? When really, you and I are just being lulled to sleep by the 24-hour news cycle, the, the fear cycle that depletes our 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 hormones and creates new dopamine paths in our minds so that we can be hooked to these screens that control us. So we can be hooked to these screens because we are the product. That 24-hour news cycle, you are the product. I am the product. Social media, you are the product. I am the product. We are our attention is being sold to the highest bidder of marketing. That's that is the, the how these systems work. And that's fine. It's fine that they work that way. There's nothing wrong that these companies need to make money. We, however, must be self-controlled to make sure that we are not being lulled to sleep, that we are not lying to ourselves and thinking that ah, I'm just I'm just staying in touch and in tune with what's going on in the world. And little do we know, we become addicted to these platforms. Well, a new study has come out stating, the studies from Texas Tech University, stating that obsessively watching the news can make you mentally and physically sick. Go figure. Who would have thunk? Keeping up with the latest news can be very bad for your health, according to new studies. Researchers at Texas Tech University found that Americans who obsessively follow the news are more likely to suffer from both physical and mental health problems, including anxiety and stress. Those who consistently check the headlines end up with significantly greater physical ill-being than those who tune in less often. According to the findings, the team adds that consistently keeping on top of the latest developments can lead to a vicious cycle where people always check for more updates rather than tune out quickly after reading. I witnessed it in my life. You're, you're scrolling through the news or through your, your infinite feed. And you're getting small dopamine hit after small dopamine hit. And I, at least I, 
begin searching for begin searching for the meaningful nugget as i scroll even preparing for these shows i'm i'm searching for what's that what is the story out there that i should be paying attention to what is the the news out there that somewhere is buried that gold piece that i'm looking for and little do i know 15 20 30 minutes goes by of scrolling headlines i'm not more informed i'm just more dumb afterwards the article continues this can start interfering with people's personal lives leaving them feeling powerless distressed about global events including the pandemic the war in ukraine and climate change oh climate change doom and gloom it's coming Witnessing these events unfold in the news can bring about a constant state of fear and high alert in some people, kicking their surveillance motives into overdrive and making the world seem like a dark and dangerous place, says Brian McLaughlin, associate professor of advertising at the College of Media and Communication at Texas Tech University. Hmm. One in six, the study says one in six people have severely problematic news addiction. The study's author found that 16.5% of participants in their experiment showed signs of severe problematic news consumption. It began interfering with their personal life, disrupting their thoughts, their time with families and friends, and made it difficult to focus on work or school, and contributed to restlessness and an inability to sleep. Fear. Fear. News, it goes on, the article goes on, it says, news addicts were significantly more likely to experience poor physical and mental health than those who were less obsessed with news. Almost three quarters, 73.6%, with severe levels of problematic news consumption, experienced mental ill-being, quote-unquote, quite a bit or very much, which compares, this is, this is the kicker, that compares with just 8% of all participants overall in the study. I mean, that's a huge difference. The, the correlation of those who are severely addicted, 73% say that they have mental illness problems. Compared to those who are not addicted, say 8%, how much is our, our media consumption of, of fear destroying our mental health, causing anxiety? We've, we've talked this about this gazillions of times here. Nomophobia, the fear of being without your telephone. I have it to a degree. Where, where, where's my phone? I got to make sure I have it. It's like attached to my hand. We are part uh, cyborg, where these these instruments, these machines, have become fused into our hands, and a part of our brain, quite literally, has been uploaded to these machines. Our lives have been uploaded, our memories have been uploaded to these machines, for better and for worse. The study also found that more than three in five, sixty-one percent of news addicts, experience physical ill-being quote-unquote, quite a bit, compared to just 6% of everyone. So if we, if we find ourselves addicted to the 24-hour fear cycle, because it's not even a, a news cycle, it's not even news, 
It's fear. And the reason that it's fear is because fear is the thing that will drive us to keep on coming back and back and back again. In, in marketing, and advertisement, and media, we know that it is the emotion that triggers us and pulls us in. People do not buy based on reason or logic. They buy based on emotion, and then they rationalize those buying decisions based on rationality. And when we say buying decisions, it, it's not just, I'm going to buy a car today. I'm going to go buy a, a new phone today or a pair of pants. Everything, everything that we do in some way is selling and buying. We're buying an idea. Why has Gen Z millennials bought the idea of socialism and communism? Why? Because they bought a feeling. They bought a narrative that said, I, I feel like this is the right thing. I feel like this is compassionate. I, I've been told a narrative that is appealing to my emotions, and then I'm going to rationalize that. And we do that with the fear cycle or the quote-unquote news cycle. We get triggered with fear which brings us in, and then we rationalize it with, I'm staying up to date. I'm being a good global citizen to know what's happening in the world. But in, in media and marketing, we know that it is fear that is the best trigger to cause people to engage and or it is awe. That's why the algorithms on TikTok and Instagram are trying to do one of the two. They're trying to look for what's that awe factor? What's the thing that's catching your interest? And then we're going to show you more and more and more of that thing, that thing that piques your interest so that you keep on scrolling so that we can show you more advertisements. It is literally rewriting our mind. But here on the show, we, we, we are a community who believes in owning our futures, who believes in building the world to be a better place. How do you do that? Practically, how do you, how do you actually do that? You do it by owning your present. How do you own your present? How do you take control over the moment that you live in? It's by discipling, by, by disciplining yourself to control your time, by living a focused life that makes sure that you are using your time. You're not squandering your time. So many of us, myself included, we're okay with squandering 15 minutes of our day. Ah, it's just 15 minutes. I'm just going to squander it away on some infinite scrolls on another news article that's by and large meaningless to my life. I'm going to squander it away. But we're not okay with squandering our destiny. But our destiny is our time, and our time is our destiny. So instead, the solution is you and I, we must remain sober-minded. We must remain in the present. We must remain in the physical, as we say, the corporeal world around us. The, the things, this, the table, this, the world around you. Oftentimes, I'll find myself looking at that screen, whatever screen it is, and I'll begin to realize that 
I have forgotten about the outside world, the, the actual physical realm around me. And I have to put it down, put it away and start using my hands and engaging with people around me. That's, that's me. Maybe that's not you. But instead of being triggered by the pending doom, the wars and rumors of wars that are always coming, we have to tune into that corporeal world. We have to hang out with our kids, spend time with our friends, get out into nature, connect with God. Those are the things. Those are the things that will matter on our deathbed. No one, no one is going to wish. They liked another reel, saw another TikTok, or, or, or read another tweet. We will care about those few relationships, and we will ask ourselves, did we use our time rightly? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. In a post-truth society where we've exchanged truth for lies and reason for postmodern irrationality, the absurd finally makes sense. Well, radical gender theory, as we've been talking about here on the show, is spreading more and more. It has now made its way into 4,000 U.S. public schools. The LGBTQ, pansexual, queer, sexual, non-binary agendas and identities have permeated their way through society. It, it has permeated its way through society in, in a number of manners. One, of course, it's media. Two, it's education. And three, it's through the political sphere and the, the bullying and the bludgeoning. And again, those emotional triggers. Remember how we buy ideas emotionally and then we rationalize them of why we made a certain decision? These, the, the LGBTQ agenda has positioned it as the, their sexual orientation as a human rights issue. As a human rights issue. It has nothing to do with science or biology or morality. It's a human rights issue. So that triggers us as individuals. We're like, well, I want to be on the right side of history on this. I, I, I feel a sense of empathy. I hear the story. I'm going to compromise my morality, not my love. It's nothing to do with compromising love or compromising real empathy or real care. But especially when it comes to the, the trans agenda, we're, we're actually compromising true empathy, true love, and true care because we do not want to be seen as closed-minded, which is a, a trigger word to bludgeon people into a certain set of ideological frameworks. Because if you're a closed-minded person, well, well that's horrible. You got to be open-minded. But what does being open-minded really mean? It means that you don't really know what you believe. You don't really know what you think. Anything, anything could be true. It's just a, a, another mask of postmodernism that opens the door for people to be manipulated by the, the fear of retribution or being canceled or being shamed or scourged by media or by the society around you. 
Well, there was a uh, amazing clip that came out this week from Peter Bog Hussain, who is a philosopher of sorts. Well, he is he is a philosopher. He he was a professor at the University of Portland. He put in his resignation because the university and the, the universities of America have totally swallowed these woke ideologies hook, line, and sinker. And this clip comes out of him doing a class or a lecture at the university UC Berkeley. And for those of you listening, I'll, I'll describe the scene. He's in front of a class. There's some people on the stage and there's a few different lines. On the far left side of the screen, you see that there's a a section where it's, I strongly agree, I agree, I somewhat agree, and then in the middle you have neutral, and then disagree, strongly disagree um, on the other side. So there's a spectrum, and then he has, brings people up on stage to, he asks them a question, and then you see where people fall, and then they make arguments of, of why they believe what they believe. So there's a few longer clips in this segment that rest two, three minutes each. So they're, I know they're a little long, but there are some arguments that people are, are making that I find quite insightful and actually quite meaningful. We're going to break those down. So buckle up for these, these clips from, uh, from Dr. Excuse me, from Dr. Peter. Yeah. Trans women should be legally treated as women. Tell me why you're strongly disagreeing. Because I'm a molecular geneticist. Well, I'm not even sure. <laughs> Everybody else is clapping. Okay, so tell me, tell me what that, because I'm not a, I know, I count on my fingers. I know nothing about genes. Being male or being female is a developmental process. You can't go backwards. Okay. So you can't change your sex. Like, you cannot do that. And the truth is, that currently in California prisons and prisons in other parts of the country, women are getting impregnated by other women. And there's just no way that I mean, this is against the UN. I, when, after World War II, there was like a, I don't remember what body came up with this um, statue, but it was, against, I, I believe it was the Hague, you, you cannot house female prisoners with male prisoners because they get raped. And that's happening today. And it's not in the news. It's not in the common news. Uh, okay. But I know about it. So, so that's the argument. For, so you're, I just want to make sure I'm clear about this. So your argument is because you have domain-specific expertise as a molecular geneticist and then the legal component of that is you're grounding that in your experience of what a man is and what a woman is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I just, this bothers me so much. Well, that's why we're talking about it. I, yeah, I know, I just, my heart pounds and I just, you know, I go to the women's, I go to the women's changing room at my gym and there's a dude in there, he's putting on makeup and hoop earrings. And this is not something a woman does when she goes to work out. And it's uh, yeah. what am I going to do? Well, so I know nothing about what happens in women's rooms. 
So, uh, so that's behavior is not common in women's rooms. No, nor do women beat each other to death, but men do. You know, and it's just it's so sad that women have internalized misogyny to the point where the man's comfort is wow. takes precedence over the woman's safety. There's a reason why they don't want to be in men's prisons because men beat each other to death. Women don't do that. Wow, this this clip right here, this little bit at the end, it is so powerful uh, that women have internalized in society is trying to prefer men so much, so much that they're willing to put women's safety at risk. It is truly, it is truly insane how in the name of women's rights they're allowing men to come and 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 it's not usurp is not the right word but to commandeer the title of female it's they are trying to erase there is a a spiritual component there is a, a spiritual component where there's powers and principalities who are literally trying to erase women trying to wipe out the identity of what it means to be male and female, to be a woman, so that it, it means nothing. It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling, remember? But she starts at the beginning, she's, and her face, her face is just absolutely gold, of like, what, what sort of question is this even? This like, uh, what do you mean? Like, it's a crazy question that you're asking. Why would why wouldn't I believe what I'm believing? Like, are you insane? Are you insane to think that a man can or a woman can somehow change their molecular biology to become a different sex? But this is where, of course, well, there's a difference between sex and gender. That's the argument. There's differences between sex and gender. Gender is fluid, but now somehow, even though gender is fluid and there's no such thing as really gender, it's just all a big spectrum, all of a sudden, if someone says that they are a different gender, then we have to change their sex to match the gender that's fluid? It makes, it makes no, it makes, it's just, it literally is totally absurdity. It is total irrationality that has been played on society because we want we, we want to we want to feel we don't want to be closed minded we want to be open minded we want to be accepting and empathetic and love is love is love and you know I don't want to be a hateful bigoted person who actually believes something oh my well here's this next clip again it's it's a little long but here is someone on the other side of the aisle who strongly agrees that trans women should be treated as women and she is being asked uh if she would change her mind if there's something that could be said that could cause her to move more towards being neutral or to disagreeing or strongly disagreeing that trans women should be treated as women here's the clip what would you what would it take you to move from agree to slightly agree like what argument would you have to hear? What piece of evidence would you have to hear to move one line over? I mean, I want to know specifically why legally 
it matters. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I consider myself like pretty open-minded when it comes to these things, so I guess I would move over slightly agree. I, I just personally feel like in my heart that it doesn't matter legally who someone or what gender someone is. Is it better to make that decision in your heart or in your head? Is it better to make that decision okay, on the basis of the way you feel or on the basis of argument? Um, both. I think having empathy for other people is also important. And there are reasons to have empathy. Yes. And the, do the reasons to have empathy, because you can have empathy about the wrong things, right? Yeah. So we need to make sure that our reasons track our emotions in the right way, right? Mm-hmm. So what would it take you to move to the slightly agree? A really good case study. Okay, pause here before, before we go on. First, she says, I'm open. I, I'm considering myself open-minded on these things, which in part means I'm undecided. And maybe in the, in the way she was using it here, saying I'm a little undecided. I'm willing to, to move and hear more evidence. But it also means I don't know what I believe. I don't know what I believe. I haven't taken time to discern what I believe. And now there's a little bit of humility to say, you know what? I could be wrong. Maybe I will encounter evidence in my life that proves that what I believe is incorrect and I'm willing to change. And that's a positive thing. That's humility. But she goes on to say that her argument is largely based on how she feels, something that she feels in her heart, and she's disregarding biological evidence, facts, science, a science denier, dangerous misinformation, propagating dangerous misinformation that's causing 12, 13-year-old boys and girls to have irreversible surgeries that cause them a lifetime worth of pain and suffering, but yet propagating these ideas based on empathy. Peter makes, Dr. Peter makes the right question, but if you hold the wrong fact to be true, and then you, or, or, or vice versa, you have a feeling and then you choose what you believe based on your, your feeling. You can lead down, go down the wrong path and your quote unquote empathy is actually not empathetic because it, it, having someone for the rest of their life be unable to live as the biological sex that they actually are, as minors who are unable to make these decisions but to put it on them, is that really empathetic? To, to put them in a life where they will have pain and infections for the rest of their lives as, not, as detransitioners have off, have, are coming out left and right and saying, this is the worst decision of my life. I, I, have, I have constant infections and no one will help me. Is that truly empathetic? She, she goes on in her argument. A really good solid that says what um that says legally it's black and white and i what's the it in that sentence what um our transgender woman actually legally woman that it has to be one way or the other but that would that wouldn't be a case study that would be an opinion piece well an example showing that that must be true that woman 
transgender women have to be considered males. Or but that would just be a legal opinion, though, as opposed to a case study. Oh, you mean like, a, like if you got a bunch of judges and lawyers who, who agreed? I guess just... She, she's about to agree, but then she sees the folly in her agreement, which is, if you just go by public opinion, then you're at the tyranny of the masses. Just because a lot of people agree on something doesn't make it true. But as the molecular biologist said, I'm basing what I believe based on data, science, facts. Yeah, I suppose. But couldn't they agree just because they've bought into a dominant cultural value as opposed to something that's true? This might be offensive. Impossible. Um, You're talking to me. How do you know that this, like the other side, isn't based on uh -huh. cultural norms and based on us? How do you know? Like oh, it is. Of, it totally is. Yeah. Uh, but I would say the answer to that question is who's willing to revise their beliefs? And I think it's a person-by-person -person basis. On the basis of what? Reason, evidence, or emotion, or some combination thereof? Some combination. Okay, so you would, ha you'd be willing to move to the slightly agree if you heard a case study of judges and lawyers, you'd be willing to move. But absent that, you're not gonna move? It's an interesting question. She, of course, says, yeah, absent that, I'm not gonna move. He's saying, what, is, what, is, what does it take to revise your beliefs? She says, well, it's a mixture of what I feel, what I feel in my heart, some truth, public opinion. The other side is, is asked the same question and has a, a very different answer. This is the, the last clip in this segment. What would cause you, what, if anything, would cause you to move to the disagree? And is there anything you heard here tonight that would convince you to move one line over? It's okay to say no, I'm just trying to figure this out. No, I have figured it out. And you're confident? I am as confident as I am that this is my hand in front of my face instead of yours. There is absolutely, this is the most insane thing that has ever happened to me in my life, that women are a feeling now. And that, you know, as, as for the driver's license thing, if a man is, who has tran transitioned, has F on his driver's license, and then he gets arrested, they're going to put him in a cell Correct. with women. Correct. And his hands are stronger, his body is stronger, and he can beat that woman to death. Fair this is true. Notice, on this side of the aisle, she is, she is convinced of what reality is. She says, there's nothing that you could tell me that will make me move. Because what I am basing my reality on is fact is science. It's not based on some feeling that I'm going to feel this way one day and feel a different way the next day. It's, I, I know reality. I have faced reality. I, I, it's evident. This, this over here, it's a delusion. And it truly is a delusion. And it's a delusion that's spreading everywhere because of this phone. Not only because of the phone, but because 
it is a strategy to destroy and undermine fabrics of society. Why? So that we can see socialism. So that we can see the the breaking down of Judeo-Christian values and views. So that people will turn against one another, society will break down, and everyone will be reliant on the government, not reliant on God. Well, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. This is a value for value podcast. If you get value out of the show, which I'm assuming if you've been listening for the 40, 30 minutes that we've been on the air, then we ask that you give value back to the show and the value that you received. You can do that by visiting lucasgrobot.com backslash support and give your hard cold fiat there. Or if you like the bitcoins and the satoshis, you can listen on apps like Sphinx or Breeze, and you can stream one, two, five, ten, fifty sats as you listen. Another way that you can support the show is by telling your friends. And not only does it support the show, but it supports you and your friends because you don't send this to a friend that <laughs> that as a passive aggressive move to make someone argue with you, but send it to people who think like you, who agree with you, to encourage them in building a culture that is fortified against the deceptions of post-modernism. Well, don't go away. We will be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destinies. Today's quote is from Iron Rand. She was the uh, famous author who really established a lot of ideas of of capitalism, uh, established a lot of ideas of libertarianism. And she said, and this isn't an exact quote, but in her philosophical writings, the, this is the, the basic idea that has been pulled out. And people attribute this quote to her, even though there's nowhere that she actually said, quote, unquote, this. But you can evade reality, but you cannot evade the consequences of evading reality. You can try to hide from reality. You can try to put your head in the sand and make believe that reality doesn't exist. You can try to suspend, evade, corrupt, or subvert your perception of reality, but you are not able to escape the power that reality has. You are not able to escape the, quote, existential and psychological disaster that follows when you evade reality. And that goes for all of us. When we put our heads in the sand and we pretend like reality doesn't exist, we deny truth, we deny the real world around us, it will catch up to us. We cannot avoid reality. We cannot avoid truth. We will always, always reap what we sow. And it 
goes full circle back to the fact that oftentimes we're not being aware. We're not being engaged and in tune, but really we're just being lulled to sleep. We can be lulled to sleep by the fear mongering of the 24 hour uh, infinite scroll news cycle that really is escapism. It's escapism to escape our lives to, that deceives us into believing that we're doing something, that we're an engaged citizen. We're making headway in the world. We're changing something. Now we're consuming something. We can be lulled to sleep by entertainment and media and the infinite choice and scroll of Netflix or streaming platforms. And we can be lulled to sleep by the wow and awe, again, escaping our life. Or we can be sober-minded. We can be people who maximize our day and our time, our relationship, our children, our marriages, our work, the things that we've been called to. We can be stewards of our destiny. And when we, stewards of your destiny, that does not mean living for yourself. Your destiny, yes, it's about you. It's about me. Real destiny is about other people because our destiny is tied up in serving other people and helping other people in some way. At the end of the day, it all comes back down to what impact we make on the people around us. And that is our destiny. That is the, the call, whatever individual unique calling that we have, whether it's to be a construction worker, a firefighter, or dentist, it doesn't matter. It all goes back to intersect on how are we helping people around us? How are we serving our communities? So that is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, don't forget my book, Anchored, The Discipline to Stop Drifting. If you are drifting in your life and you find yourself unfocused, not sure what direction to take, how to take action on your dreams, on your destiny, then I recommend this book, highly actionable, short book, only uh, 90 pages, that will help focus, discipline, and kickstart your life. I think about the principles in this book every, literally, every day. And so I highly recommend the book. You can find it on my website or Amazon or wherever books are found. That is all. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Remember, if you get value from the show, you can give value by telling your friends and that helps you and helps your friends, one, feel loved and you build a community around you that is intentionally building the future, building your community and fortifying your houses. So that's all for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.